Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you very much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to cover today. You had the big debate last night. We'll get into that. Before we do, before we do anything else, if you had to actually be honest with how many minutes you watched, round it out somewhere close, where where would you be? In total, probably about 30 minutes. Okay. I was going to say the same thing. About 30 minutes in total because I got distracted a few times. Okay. On my phone or going to the bathroom or petting the cats or whatever. All right. Well, I know that uh, we'll get into different clips and give a review. I made it through seven. I was so frustrated. Seven? I'd had it. Oh, wow. I poured through a couple of things and two people talking over each other. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, neither one of you have a prayer of being president. Why am I wasting my time with this frustration? And the whole way this thing was put on in Univision, what the, what I don't know is what, that? Yeah. So fed up with the GOP. I could do a Tim Scott impersonation if you want me to. Go right ahead. Keep talking. Talk about something. Well, some of the things we're going to hey, get you on the show. I, hey, wait. That, wait. That, <laughs> and see, that's what happens oh, if you're my God. invisible in the first debate and all your consultants and all your big money people are saying, you've got to jump in. You have to do this. And so it makes these people act like imbeciles. Oh, yeah. And the whole format is stupid. It's too many people. I agree. All this time through the years, you innovate, you change, you adapt, you make it a better product, you make it better for the people watching. They haven't done anything different. Okay. Mini rant over. You know, uh, we might have a government shutdown. Mm -hmm. And there is a whole lot of talk about that right now. There's also talk about a possible impeachment with Joe Biden. Yeah, well, the House of Representatives has started the impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Uh, and Democrats are throwing everything they can out there. This was going on this morning. Jamie Raskin, yeah. one of the, yeah. the top <laughs> pit bulls for the Democrat Party, was out there saying, hey, we can't do this because the government might shut down in a couple days. Are you kidding? Okay. All right. Before we even <laughs> get to that, okay, and this was what, Good Morning America? You're talking about the government shutdown? And then you also have... Uh, little George talking about this possible impeachment with no proof whatsoever. Right. Just no proof. I just can't believe that they're saying that. They're still saying that. They are still saying it's that. It's amazing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Seriously, David, I'm just the semantics of the language. When you're looking at all the oh. text and the emails and well, the bank records and the LLCs. Well... What they mean is that they haven't found a note from someone in China saying, Dear Joe, thanks for accepting my bribe. Your friend, whoever. That's what they're looking for with proof. I mean, with Donald Trump, if, if you know, some obviously mentally deranged lady with her lawyer, uh, Michael Avenatti, comes out and makes an allegation, it's basically gospel but right. with all of this, ah, no proof because we don't have, I don't know, this signature of the mayor of Moscow's wife 
thanking Joe Biden for taking his bribe or her bribe. Okay. All right, go ahead. Let's roll this Jamie Raskin audio. All right, so let's get it straight. We're 62 hours away from shutting down the government of the United States of America, and Republicans are launching an impeachment drive based on a long, debunked, and discredited lie. What? No foreign enemy has ever been able to shut down the government of the United States, but now mega Republicans are about to do just that. Yeah, one, the, the, the government shutdown is not a disaster. It, it is not a disaster. Um, they always say it's going to be. Yes. And then for most Americans, the sun still rises in the east and sets in the west. They go to work and don't notice anything. But you'd never know that. Right. Watching the news shows. Right. They, they, These they, children are sitting down for a breakfast of Cheerios. This may be the last bowl of Cheerios <laughs> they get for quite you know, That's the ridiculousness of it. But, but also it's rich when... When this guy's out there talking about we might have a government shutdown and these people are doing this impeachment inquiry, you know what was happening? The first impeachment of Donald Trump? The beginnings of a freaking global pandemic. Right. And Democrats were not worried about it at all. In fact, they were encouraging people, well, you got to go to Chinatown. You got to go to this parade. You got to go to all these things. You know, hey, don't live in fear until suddenly it became politically advantageous for them to spread fear. In America, I get the sense, and it's not just me. I mean, obviously, <laughs> Democratic politicians is a, they're a disgrace. But even the GOP from that debate last night, you got a whole lot of people saying these are the people leading us. Really, this is a depressing state, and it's no wonder why Trump is leading in the polls the way he is. But then, you know, just alongside the politicians, the media, and in some ways far worse with all of their nonsense. House Republicans holding their first impeachment inquiry into President Biden despite no evidence of impeachable offenses. What's at stake? We're live inside the hearing room. We have an open border. That's one. Forget all the corruption stuff. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to really try not to lose it today. I know. With a number of different things. And then you got Strahan from Good Morning America parroting his lines. Two days to go. The government now on the brink of a shutdown. Mm. Speaker McCarthy rejecting a bipartisan plan from the Senate as military families worry about their paychecks. We mean nothing to them, but they expect my husband to go fight their wars. The latest from the Hill. See, they reject the. They don't care about military families, these Republicans. Mm -hmm. Wow, man. It, it's just disgusting, the entire game. Oh, God. Okay. Uphill battle, isn't it, man? It is. Yeah. It is. Okay, so as far as the debate, David, I know you have a lot of clips from it last night. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Well, we can start here, what Scott was referencing a few minutes ago. So many people on the stage last night, it was hard for anyone to get a word in edgewise because, like you said, Jamie, everybody needed to try to, you know, have a breakout performance, and it just becomes this, like, hodgepodge of nonsense. I know it makes my head hurt. I seriously. Oh my goodness, man. And I don't know if you saw a reaction to this online as it was happening or later on. People were disgusted with the entire thing. I I don't well, blame and, them. Well, and moderators at all. lost control. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. You, you've got to keep control of that. And let's ask just the obvious question. Why is Univision there? I have I, no idea. Dude, I, I, never don't know. I didn't get that one at all. Uh, no, and, and, and she was terrible. Yeah, Ilya Calderon was one of the moderators brought in by Fox at that GOP debate. Uh, I guess she was there to represent communists who might be tuning in. I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah, you're right, David. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, one of the questions that, that she brought up was uh, this whole conspiracy theory that Florida is teaching kids that slavery was a good thing. And so because she asked the question. I thought Ron DeSantis handled himself pretty well in this. Moment. I did, too. I did, too. This is a highlight. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, really, that Fox is supposed to run this thing. Yeah. And that's the question. Slaves develop skills which, in some instances, could be applied for their personal benefit. You have said slaves develop skills in spite of slavery, not because of it. But many are still hurt. For the sentence of slaves, this is personal. What is your message to them? So first of all, that's a hoax that was perpetrated by Kamala Harris. Uh, We are not going to be doing that. Second of all, that was written by descendants of slaves. These are great black history scholars, so we need to stop playing these games. Here's the deal. And Tim Scott, you're not being talked to right now. Yeah, what was he saying? He was saying, just take the line out. Our country's education system is in decline because it's focused on indoctrination, denying parents' rights. Florida represents the revival of American education. We're ranked number one in the nation in education by U.S. News and World Report. My wife and I, we have a six, five, and three-year-old. This is personal to us. We didn't just talk about universal school choice. We enacted universal school choice. We didn't just talk about parents' bill of rights. We enacted the parents' bill of rights. We eliminated critical race theory, and we now have American civics and the Constitution in our schools in a really big way, just like President Reagan asked for in his farewell address back in 1989. Florida is showing how it's done. Yeah, that was well done. Who knew he had a six five three year old I did. Wow. He's a big kid. But it's... Uh, yeah. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that, that Robin just beat a jerk head. for jerk's sake. <laughs> yeah. It kind of was. six five and 3-year-old. Like, oh, six five three year old Holy smokes. I don't know of anyone that took it that way. No, I know. I'm, I'm it. That's why. That's why I'm on this show. Because you got to get the person with an IQ of a worm to come on the show. <laughs> the IQ of a six-five-three-year-old. <laughs> Three-year-old. <yeah. laughs> they get picked first a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but many are still hurt. So what? Yeah. Have them learn about how it was drafted. Right. I. By blacks. I, I thought it was funny that that she actually discredits the conspiracy theory in her question. Like, you yes. clarified it like this. But still, people are hurt, and I'm going to ask you about it. Yes. Goodness. You have to speak English. Yeah, right. Well, there was part. There was parts that were hard to understand for some. Um, and you also recognized, uh, watching this, that Stuart Varney had a hard time. Yeah. At the beginning there. Like right at the beginning, Stuart Varney, one of the main moderators, uh, was introducing Ilya Calderon. And he actually nailed her name, got her name. And -hmm. then I don't know if he was second guessing himself. Like, did I get that right? And then just flubbed it. 
I am thrilled to be sitting alongside my co-moderators, Fox News Channel Dana Perino and Ilya Calderon, Cal uh, 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 Univision. <laughs> Thank you. That was, that was very much a Biden-y kind was, of thing, wasn't it? Was like, I said Calderon, I got it right, and then I'm going to go back. Did I say Univision. Univision, whatever. <laughs> I had to see, and I'm sitting here going... Man, that could very well be a Markley kind of thing if I had to do that gig. <laughs> it's easy to criticize. I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, 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 Univision. Yeah. <laughs> you learn at some point in time, man. If you butcher it or not, you just keep rolling. That's right. That's right. He was gripping, though. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a lot to break down from that whole crap show, dude. No doubt about it. Um, and there was some counter-programming going on last night. An interview with Tucker Carlson and Bill O'Reilly. I got a couple of clips from that that are pretty interesting. And then Chris Christie thinking he has a line on Trump. So lame, man. All that coming up right All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, sorry to be a poor talk show guy and not watch all the debate. I couldn't take it. I admit it. Well, I, I, got, like, I don't seven minutes. I yeah, couldn't. Well, I honestly, none of us watched the whole thing. It's brutal. And yet again, you got so many people that don't have a prayer of making it. Why are we wasting our time? Chris Christie, dude. Yeah. Here we go again. Well, and he thinks he gets off a good line here. Yeah, yeah. He tried to land an insult against Donald Trump because Donald Trump sat out the debate. Okay. You're ducking these things. And let me tell you what's going to happen. You keep doing that, no one up here is going to call you Donald Trump anymore. We're going to call you Donald Duck. And no one no one laughs. Yeah, no no one's going to call him Donald Duck because that sounds like a stupid hashtag resistance thing that some, you know, uh, uh, some purple-haired loser would say in 2017, yes. hashtag resistance. Didn't Pence had one, too, and it fell flat. Yeah, I, don't, I saw it. Again, leave the comedy to people who don't comedy. You guys got to stop doing that because nobody's funny. Well, again, I'm guessing you have all these people around them saying you got to have that one line that's memorable. Right. You know, and then they'll go through history. Remember when this presidential candidate said this? Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, I hung with it for a little while, and then I watched some other things. And last night was the Tucker Carlson interview with Bill O'Reilly, and oh, I was that's interested. that's right. Um, because they got into a lot of stuff. JFK assassination. Um, a really interesting question. What would it look like if Trump wins the election and then at the inauguration, January 2025? How dangerous could that be? Oh, geez. They get into that. A lot of different things that we can get to later. But, you know, maybe eight, nine minutes into the interview. And it was weird for me because the night before, I was watching O'Reilly give commentary on something. And a couple of family members walked in the room like, man, that, when's that old guy going to give it up sort of thing? And, you know, for my son, I said, you know, years ago, he had this piece on the Internet that everyone was watching. It was like everyone around the world knew him just from this piece from Inside Edition when he lost his mind, you know, with the teleprompter and all the issues. And I played it for him and he was laughing. Right. The very next day as I'm watching this interview, then. I'm like, are you kidding me? Tucker's going to bring this up to O'Reilly? The whole old Inside Edition thing? 
<laughs> and he did. Wow. Listen, um, I have to add, I, can't, I just can't resist, and I don't mean this as a criticism because I actually love it, but the most famous video on the internet is you. Shot off camera in a previous job before Fox. What am I doing? Going live? Is that You're going one? live. We'll do it live. <laughs> so they go into it. Okay, and if you've forgotten it or have never seen it, right? they're trying to get him to do this. He tells the story, but then they play it on the interview. That's tomorrow, and that is it for us today. And we will leave you with a, I, I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, no. we'll do it live. F*** it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Thing sucks. <laughs> One of the great ones. It is, and I'm dying because he brings it up, and then O'Reilly tells the story behind it. I was in Iceland, and I had some gnome come up to me and go, You're the going live guy. I said, What? I'm in Iceland. That was in Reykjavik? Yeah, and, I'm, and, and it's all over the world. I mean, there are Japanese guys going, a life guy. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'm on Inside Edition, and they can't tape it every two minutes. They go, oh, we, we, we didn't get the audio. Oh, you're out of frame. Oh, there's a giant glob on your ear. <laughs> and they couldn't get it taped. So finally, Irish guy went, We'll do it live. Then they go through that bit again. And there it goes everywhere. Thank thank you. You're welcome. I've wondered about that. (laughs) And that was it, that part of it. In Iceland. (laughs) That is just hilarious. To see that come back again and tell the story. I mean, he's had this long career, right? Yes. All, all these, these things, books. and he's still doing it, books and, and whatnot, and you're remembered for the we'll do it live guy. No. We'll do it live! F*** it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! <laughs> thing sucks! <laughs> we'll just never stop being oh, funny, man. Oh, man. It's absolutely hilarious. Yep. And him talking about the, what was it, Japanese guys that yeah. would see him? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely classic. Good All stuff. right. Much more to get to. You, had, Secretary of State is singing Muddy Waters. Are you joking no, me? No, I'm not. Oh, no. Okay. And how did Nikki Haley do last night? Uh-oh. That much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what's this story it's an art installation. Yeah. Remember, there was the report initially that somebody had planted a Venezuelan flag on yes. an island, a little like sandbar in the middle of the Rio Grande. Yeah. And Texas DPS uh, officials took it down. Yes. And there was obviously backlash to that. Well, News Nation uh, actually spoke with the person who planted that flag. He says he's an artist. And this was about talking about how we are brothers. It wasn't, he says it's not a Venezuelan flag. It was uh, actually supposed to be some sort of celebration of everybody south of the border that's coming up. And I, no. I, I'm sorry that it no. missed the mark here. No. Get him out. It's, yep. it's funny, too, because he said, I don't think that bringing in that original flag for many other countries is offensive because we have them all over the world. This is a quote. We have American flags in the embassy in different places. Are they invading me as they profess this to be? I don't oh, think it is. God. The U.S. embassy is U.S. soil, Nimrod. <laughs> Just like the Mexican embassy flies the Mexican flag. 
idiot. Yep. Yeah. No. The art. I don't think whatever. No. Go. Get him out. There you go. Yeah. Pretty simple. I mean, it's just infuriating. Oh, and yes, uh, it looks like Taylor Swift is going to be at another Chiefs game this weekend. Really? Yeah, because the Chiefs are playing in New York, and that's, you know, she's got a place there. Home base. So if you're going to be watching that game nationally, and you were already sick of the shots of Taylor Swift, get ready for a whole lot more. Kelsey will be all hungover. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Talking about a whole lot of stuff. The border. You got that debate last night. Biden impeachment inquiry hearing. Yeah. All going on. So, well, I knew from a text last night, David, that you didn't think this was a great line from Ron DeSantis well, last night. I thought, I thought, you know, overall he did okay. He didn't, you know, he didn't crap the bed or anything like that. Um, and he got a, a few good uh, lines in there. But would you say he would, did the best overall? DeSantis? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think most people were. Yeah. Sort of thinking that, yeah. He, he didn't come across as unhinged, but no. I, I, I just got a little uh, miffed because I, I think the statement started off good. Okay. But then someone told Ron DeSantis to bring a prop to the party and just don't do that. It's so freaking lame. Anyway, here's he came out swinging against Donald Trump and Joe Biden uh, both together uh, last night. Where's Joe Biden? He's completely missing in action from leadership. And you know who else is missing in action? Donald Trump is missing in action. He should be on this stage tonight. He owes it to you to defend his record where they added $7.8 trillion to the debt. That set the stage for the inflation that we have. Now, I can tell you this, as governor of Florida, we cut taxes, we ran surpluses, we've paid down over 25% of our state debt, and I vetoed wasteful spending when it came to my desk. And as your president, when they send me a bloating spending bill that's going to cause your prices to go up, I'm going to take out this veto pen and I'm going to send it right back to them. Mm. He's got a veto pen, you know. Yeah, when he's like, here's a lucky I've, veto pen. I've got this pen. Props mm-hmm. don't work, dude. Just don't do it. Yeah. It looks lame. I agree. It does. Unless you're going to smash watermelons. <laughs> then it's great. Or your carrot top. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, on the totem pole of lame, it's not at the top. No. Um, but it's it's at least mid-pack, mm-hmm. I would say. Pence doing comedy was pretty cringy, too. It is. Yeah. Here, Okay. You can totally disagree with this. I'm just telling you honestly what I was thinking as I watched the seven minutes of the debate that I could stomach, and part of that was DeSantis, and I thought this. I think the guy's a great governor, and I think he would make for a great president. I don't think he's going to win the primary. And part of the reason is because he looks uncomfortable up there. Because I kept trying to put a finger on what is it? And I noticed that whenever he would start to speak, my arms would tense up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, like I would start to just grip like, oh, gosh, you you can feel how uncomfortable he is. Yeah. And he wants to say the right thing. 
He wants to do what he's supposed to do. And I think he's a smart guy. But somehow, man, I don't know how else you explain his numbers crashing and keep going down. Well, to me, part of it is also that, you know, Donald Trump is is basically copying and pasting what uh, what a lot of what Joe Biden did in 2020. It's like not even really engage at all. And so you don't have the actual war of ideas. So the performance angle of it matters more. Yes. Well, and Trump has the advantage of he's always in the news. Yeah. And then quoted. Yeah. So it's not like he kind of goes away. He's the presence is there even when he's not there last night. It looms large. And as so many people said, and I think they're probably right, he won the debate again last night. Mm hmm. As this thing, as they start to whittle this field down a little bit, I think DeSantis will have a better shot at connecting with people. I, I don't. I think the thing is, is no, he's not. I, I, you've heard it from even people who like him uh, oh, yeah. a lot. Is that as far as the transactional politician side of it, the horse trading angle of it? Yeah, he's not great at it. He's very good as an administrator. We've seen that in the state of Florida and his performance there. He's very good at delivering what he says he's going to deliver. Mm -hmm. And that's very important. And I wish that were something that mattered more. Because um, in the end, I think it does matter the most. But, you know, you got to have the performance angle of it. And until he and Donald Trump are going head to head in a conversation where Trump has to defend his record yes. and DeSantis gets to defend himself with Trump one on one until we get to that point. Yeah, DeSantis, it's he's not enough of a media star the way right. that Trump is, to, to break out. I think that's well said. Yeah. Does anybody else see what I see, though? Just him being uncomfortable? Yeah. Or is that just me? Well, he's, it, it's, the, it's, it's, the, uh, it, it's the standout hitter in baseball who's just, like, had to adopt a new stance. You know, and so he's thinking about the mechanics constantly. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably it. Also, I still yeah. think he's got a great future. I I, oh, I do too. It may not be. I, I don't know. I I, okay, I thought he, I thought he did right. well last night. Before we move off of this totally, so you go back to March where you felt at the time mm -hmm. much stronger for DeSantis than Trump, but the way you feel today is not as strong as it was then. No. So what happened? I think getting back to your basic momentum and performance. I think he booted the first part of the campaign, the the kickoff in the first few months. But I mean, his policies haven't changed. No, he hasn't changed. Just think that. But your feeling on him has changed, and you're not the only one. I got a bunch of friends yeah. that are in the same boat. Just a little queasy right now. That's all. Yeah, that can change though. There's a long way to go yet. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so David, you wanted to highlight something from the debate moderator last night. Oh yeah, uh, Ilya Calderon from Univision okay. was one of the moderators brought in by Fox at the GOP presidential debate. I guess they needed a leftist up there or something. And I, You're Fox. Yeah. What is this all about? I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't People know what this... People accuse Fox of being all about globalism, and they're going to protect globalism. And you're like, oh, is, it, is that really... Oh, I guess so. They just proved it again. Well, I... Yeah. I don't understand it. Uh, you know, she had this weird attempt at a gotcha when asking about drugs coming across the southern border. Yeah, this was really weird. According to Customs and Border Protection, about 90% of fentanyl is seized at official border crossings, and 57% of the smugglers are U.S. citizens. 
How would you stop fentanyl brought into the country, mostly by U.S. citizens, through ports of entry? It's not the illegals bringing anything in. No. There's, I mean, it's 43%. But, I, yeah, the analogy that I thought of last night was like, okay, 60% of child molesters are family members of the victim, so why bother talking about the 40% who are complete strangers? Right. And why worry about it at all? Like, no, it, okay, also 90% that is seized, that's seized. the key, Yes, that they find are at ports of entry. Now, why would they be found at ports of entry? Because they are more tightly controlled than the rest of the border. So, And you would have, what, American citizens coming back in. Right. and, and Not illegals going through where the cartels know where to go. Right. And then when you say mostly, it's mostly U.S. citizens. Well, 57%. I mean, to me, like, when you say mostly, I, I you know, again, I think this is just my personal opinion of it. When I hear the word mostly, I'm thinking, like, 75% or higher. Not yeah. not barely over half. What I think now is 2020 in the riots, mostly peaceful. Right. Well, yeah, it was such a, like, a member of the squad would say something like that. Of course. You know, and that's what got me when she said it. Like, are you kidding me? It is. It's just so crazy to me. Yeah. You're Fox. You're supposed to be. It's like AOC prompt you before you went out there. I mean, what is this? And we're pandering. Univision is a part of this. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was a pander, I think. Yeah. Seems that way to me. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of illegal immigration, New York City with a stronger statement, David? Yeah, New York City officials announced that they're going to be handing out flyers to migrants at shelters in the city and intake shelters uh, as well as at the border. Uh, the flyer says the city has no more room and can't help migrants get a work permit. Can't help. Mm. All right, get them out of here. Yeah. Get them out. And migrants <laughs> had been initially given 60 days to live in a shelter before they had to leave. Uh, now it's 30. You got a month to figure out where it is you're going to go. To me, the best part of the flyer that they're handing out is the flyer advertises, and I quote, New York City is one of the most expensive cities in the world. You're better off going to a more affordable city. <laughs> oh, my God. We're helping you out. See? Wow. <laughs> you obviously don't have any money. We're expensive. So you need to leave. Now. <laughs> yeah, now. <laughs> See, this is Donald what... Trump has been so cruel right. to immigrants. What about? Oh, he's talking about illegal immigrants. What All about, these secondary cities, man, it's coming. You know, the, the sanctuary city, your your oh, right yeah. to shelter state. I mean, what, what, whatever happened to just having a heart for people? <laughs> these people never had a heart for people. Do they give to these people in their countries of origin? Sure. They don't. The stats show it. It's more conservative people that give to those causes. But the left is like, well, bring us your old masses, blah, blah, blah. I mean, get and then your... all of a sudden you get yeah. there and they're like, I get them out. Right. Ow. <laughs> it's like, out of here. You no get, room. You get what you vote for. Man, oh, man. I mean, you know, you don't like this stuff. Well, you got a chance to vote them out. Well, they don't even know. They're just brainwashed well, they know if to they think live this there. is how I have to vote. They don't think it's going to affect them. But the stronghold of the Democrat Party is always the big metro basis. It is. You know, the big cities. It is. And all of a sudden, you start mucking up the waters of the big cities, and uh, maybe the tide will, maybe this is the thing. Maybe. I don't know. Well, and I, not to go off on a tangent, I'll make it fast. That's why when you see media outlets, legacy media, there's no point to these hardline Republicans with the government shutdown and this budget. Yes, you just keep saying you have to 
close down the border or we're shutting the whole freaking thing down. Mm-hmm. The American people will be behind that, but you got to stay strong with it. Mm-hmm. At least in my opinion. I agree. Okay, David, you had a story about Biden. Yeah. I want to know, did he actually forget what COVID was called? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he he apparently forgot the word coronavirus or COVID. Oh, no. All right, let's enjoy. Have you heard it, Scott? No. Oh, here we go. You saw what happened with regard to uh, um, the uh, the crisis, health crisis we had that cost us, lost well over a million people. Yeah, that, that thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you can tell. Holy smoke. Yep. Somebody should ask him who the president is. <laughs> a lot of times he'll say Kamala Harris. Yeah, just out of curiosity. Or Barack Obama. Obama. Or Michelle Obama. He's also said that. He might go Harry Truman here very soon. You don't know. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he has our institution. What? I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's bad, man. It's yeah. getting worse all the time. Golly. Oh, yeah. Gee, you see him now trying to walk around? It's man, oh man. I've been fighting it since I've been a young freshman. Okay. <laughs> sure. Oh, Bill O'Reilly <laughs> told Tucker that Trump's going to do what's best for Trump. What do you mean by that? Get to that much more coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So last night, the GOP debate, there was alternative programming on X. Tucker Carlson was interviewing Bill O'Reilly. It was a pretty interesting conversation. One of the things that I wanted to play to get your reaction from is, and I had not thought about this, Tucker talking about if Trump wins the election, what would it be like Inauguration Day, January 2025, with the chaos we already have in the United States? I mean, would there be fears that someone's going to try to go after him? You don't know. Mm-hmm. You remember what happened in early 2017? It was like rioting. Oh, yeah. yeah, there was. I mean, parts of the parts of D.C. were burning and police cars were being flipped over, set on fire and whatnot. I mean, it was an all out riot the day of Trump's inauguration. So listen to how this plays out. I think if Trump gets elected, that he'll be able to stand in Washington on January 20th, 2025, and accept the presidency? Look, Trump will do what's best for Trump. I've known him more than 30 years. That's what he's going to do. So if it's best for Trump to stand there in inauguration day and give a speech, he'll do it. But what Trump can do, if he's elected, is stop the age of disorder. Yeah. He can stop it. You could close the border tomorrow. All you have to Easily. do is write an executive order that says we are suspending all requests for asylum for six months yeah. until we can get this thing under control. Put some troops down So there. we're not taking any more. We could do that tomorrow. What? I'm just laughing because I've been saying that for over a year now. Yeah. Dude, there was so much of the conversation between those two that we've had I don't know how many times on this show. And I'll just speak for me. I have respect for both those guys. I don't agree with both of them on everything, but I do have a respect for them, which is much more than a lot of people that do what they do. And when you hear them talk about the same types of things or make the same sort of observations, at least for me, I think maybe you're not such a dope. 
Oh, this is common sense. Well, yeah, you're listening yeah. right now. You're like, it's just common sense. You know, and O'Reilly you hear that all the time. What he says is true. Stroke of a pen, you could do that. That's it. Executive yes. order done. But they won't do it. They won't do it, and why won't they do it? That's the question. Well, I think we know that. They want it to happen. Yes. Yes. So because it benefits them. Yes. Greatly. Absolutely. Because when you lose on ideas, you got to make it up in volume somehow. Yeah. And we can get to it. Well, we can get to it, I guess, now, maybe a little bit later. <laughs> O'Reilly tells the story of how Trump had a deal with the president of Mexico and was going to make the cartels give them the terrorist label. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, then you could just go in and destroy them. But they made a deal. And how the deal came about, it's, it's really interesting. But again, we'll get to that well, maybe in the next half hour. Um, did see this on a lighter note. The average person has 2,795 photos on their phone. <laughs> and I think if we did the math right, you have almost three times that, Scott. Yeah, I do. And that's after I eliminated about 200 of them recently. What do you have pictures of? I got pictures dating back from when I got this phone four years ago, five years ago. Okay. I mean, when my grandkids were like little kids. <laughs> oh, Okay. So that story's out well, there. Well, and I got a lot of, of memes and crap on there, too. I thought it was funny because I've got two little kids, and I thought I was really tipping the scales here at, like, I don't know what, about, oh, I guess, including videos, almost 4,000. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. And I thought mine was excessive, and I'm way, way behind you guys. Yeah. Wow. And the other crazy story today is a high-end fashion brand is selling $5,600 underwear. Mm. Wow, man. What? Salt Made of cleaning? silk, <laughs> what is wool, that? and a ton of sequins. It's the sequins? That, yes. No. You only have one pair like that, I yeah, think, Scott. right. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David. Scott sequined undies, honestly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're tidy yeah. sparklies. Yeah, get a little are. Donna Summer on the player and let it rip, baby. <laughs> Let's do some dancing. There's a disco ball joke in there that I'm not going to make. Yeah, there Thank are. Thank you. There's a couple of them. You only bust it out like twice a year, though, right? Special date nights? That's right. Okay. Okay. Right. Biggest story of the day, uh, I suppose, is the uh, the analysis of the uh, Republican primary debate. Also, the impeachment inquiry is underway in earnest in the House of Representatives. Um, and so we can get to an update on that as well. Yeah. See Professor Turley up there today. Oh, yeah bringing a little dignity to that place. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Roberts. Okay, you've got the Biden impeachment inquiry hearing going on today. Yeah. You were just laughing about something, David. Well, so Jonathan Turley, he's a legal professor, uh, contributor to Fox News, among other places. Um, he's one of the witnesses there as they are looking into uh, uh, whether or not to impeach Joe Biden. And the left media, like, wet their pants because they thought they had this big gotcha moment. And, like, one of the headlines, let me, let me pull this up here on the fly. One of the headlines was, GOP witness Jonathan Turley tells Congress current evidence does not support Biden impeachment. What he was saying is there's definitely enough evidence to start an impeachment inquiry, which is what the point of all of this is. 
to see whether or not you're going to draw up articles of impeachment against him. Well, not only that, it gives you a better opportunity to get more information that you have the Justice Department and Biden himself standing in the way of. Yeah. So there was some clarity uh, uh, afforded to the American people, uh, courtesy of Representative Clay Higgins, uh, asking Jonathan Turley about this. Constitutional parameters of the House of Representatives, do you agree that our Oversight Committee, Judiciary Committee, and Ways and Means Committee should be judiciously investigating uh, reasonable suspicion of impeachable actions by President Joe Biden? I do. Uh, I think it is your duty to get answers to these questions and to see if the president was involved in what I think is a confirmed, corrupt, influence peddling effort. (laughs) GOP witness totally debunks GOP arguments. I don't know. I'm very angry. Oh, man. That's what media does, man. They lie to people every day. We say this. They lie every day. We do. Well, yeah, well, they do. (laughs) Yes. You know what? And we'll get to this later, too. That is something in that interview I was talking about earlier with O'Reilly and Tucker Carlson said the same thing. They lie every day. A lot of times it's by omission of the facts or they take something out of context. Every single day it happens. That just happened right there. You know what else it does? It just fuels the cynicism. Oh, yeah. It just keeps conti- to people to where people just don't believe anything they hear. You can't, and just shrug their shoulder and don't want to participate in it anymore. Just don't blame one them. out. Yes, you know I get it. I mean, but that's what you try to do: destroy the morale, the morals, and morality. And and the left's done it for and, years. And you can do this pretty simply, an inch at a time. And before you know it, here we are with the cynicism crate through the ceiling. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Okay, where do you want to move to, David? You want to do the uh, DeSantis trying to get Trump to debate him? Yeah, I mean, that's really DeSantis' only shot here is to uh, actually have a one-on-one conversation with Donald Trump to show those two visions. I, I know he's going to be you know, doing some debate with uh, uh, Gavin Newsom, um, but that confirms not, he's running for president, basically. Yeah, that that's not going to really move the meter for Ron DeSantis in the primary, though. What what the only thing that can move the meter for him really to close a forty two point gap between him and Donald Trump is if he and Donald Trump talk face to face. And now he's basically saying, "Hey, dude, you got to man up and talk to me one on one." Okay. Since the former president didn't come here, maybe he'd be willing to do one with, with you and I. I think he owes it to our voters to come and make the case. You're I now mean, challenging it. So this is going to be Hannity one-on-one debate. Let's central. do it. Let's do it, right? <laughs> I'll do anything. So, I'll ask here, Here's the thing, though. <laughs> you owe it to the voters to come and make the case. No one's entitled to anything. You, know, you can yeah. say, oh, some poll months before. No. you got to make the case. you got to owe it to the voters. So I'm going to show up everywhere. I don't blame him for doing it. No. He's right. I don't think Trump will do it. Do you? No. No, he has everything to lose and nothing to gain. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, I mean, I again, you know, kind of tells me everything as to why they're spending so much money going after Ron DeSantis, because that is the guy that Trump's afraid of. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, it ain't Chris Christie. Oh, heck no. <laughs> no. No, because, I mean, not. Donald Trump has the ability to completely end someone's presidential 
aspirations. We saw it a lot in 2015 and 2016. I mean, rising star Marco Rubio. I mean, Chris Christie did some of the dirty work for him, but mm-hmm. then Donald Trump finished the job. Yep. Jeb Bush is a perfect example. Scott Walker is oh. a perfect example. Ted Cruz is a perfect example. I mean, Trump can do it. He has the ability to do it, but Trump doesn't seem all that confident that he'd be able to do the same to Ron DeSantis. You know, if all those people you just named, it's all true. Trump did end their career. I mean, and and their, not only their political career, it was over. You don't the hear about these people. Stuff. Yeah. Presidential stuff, yeah. But where did last time you heard about Jeb? Oh, no. That was... <laughs> That was beyond a beating. And little Marco's it's kind of a demoralized, silent senator now. Yeah, he's still got a gig. Yeah, but I mean. All right, I want to get to this clip. I want to see what your reaction to this is. I mentioned this. O'Reilly, Tucker Carlson, and O'Reilly's talking about Trump and the cartels in Mexico. And he lays it out. Uh, he was talking about one of his books about killing the jihadists. And so he says to Trump. Hey, that's how we got these guys. Why don't you just call these cartels, um, designate them as a terrorist group? And he's kicking it around, and we pick up the story there. We're talking about it, and I said, why don't you do that with the cartels? Just designate them terror groups. They're killing more Americans than these jihadists ever killed. Then we're killed in Vietnam every year. Right. I said, just slap the designation on them. And then you can wax them from uh, space with the drones and spend, send special forces into Acapulco and cut their heads off. Okay? And what are the Mexicans going to do about it? Nothing. And that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the negotiation happened, started. Okay? And Obrador went nuts. The president of Mexico says, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. You ruin my administration. So Trump, as is want, makes a deal with Obrador. Obrador promises to put Mexican army on a border with Guatemala and on the border with the United States. Remember this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. You're like, oh, well, he didn't get credit for it, not from media. No. But which he does. Cuts the migrants down 80%. Also, he gives Trump all kinds of trade preferences that helps the economy. Remember, inflation when Trump left was 1.4%. And it was that way because the imports coming in from Mexico and China and other places were so low, it drove down all the prices. Trump did that. Which is true, Mm -hmm. of course. And this is the interesting part to me. Because, I mean, O'Reilly was on tour with Trump and he has known him for a long time. I don't know if he knows him as well as he leads on, but... Because everything with Trump is a deal. It's always a deal. So I said to him... So you gave up the the designation of terror group for that? He goes, yeah. I said, we won't do it if you do X, Y, and Z. I couldn't argue with it. Helps the economy in the United States, drops migration 80% in his last year. He was an effective president. Not an ideologue, doesn't believe, he's a populist, not a conservative, doesn't have any of that stuff going on. No. It's deal after deal after deal after deal. That's how he controlled Putin. But he won't tell me what he has on Putin. But I know he has some. <laughs> if nothing else, isn't that interesting? Oh, it's entertaining, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. Holy cow. Because I could see it happening. And it, that point about with Trump, everything's a deal, can totally see that. Well, that's what he knows. That's his lane. 
That's how he works. That's how his brain works. Well, and you think about the different things over time. North Korea, little rocket man. Yeah. Me, what was it? Fire and fury unlike this world has ever seen. Our media, ah, they're melting oh, yeah. down. You know, it was all part of the negotiation as far as Trump was concerned, which is really. That is interesting. He has something on Putin, but he wouldn't tell me what it is. But he's got something. That was very adamant, too. He's got something. But don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thought you would find that interesting. But, you know, the, the Russian disinformation, of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, the P-tape. Oh. Well, they don't, want, they, they don't want Trump as president. I wouldn't think so. No. Okay. Uh, maybe you saw the update. The Senate has already ended the Fetterman rule by approving a formal dress code. Mm-hmm. How about that, huh? Well, you knew something was up when Dick Durbin... He was told turned to on he Fetterman. Yeah. Yeah. Dick Durbin doesn't. It wasn't his thought. Somebody, somebody always tells Dick what to do, and he does it. But wasn't that going against the majority leader, Chuck Schumer? <laughs> yeah, but somebody said to him, "Hey, Dick, here's what you ought to do," and he yeah. did it. And then all of a sudden, the tide starts to turn everywhere. Then the bipartisan resolution was put together by Senators Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney. Yeah, it was collectively together. A couple of the biggest weasels in the Senate. Hmm. Well, Mitt Romney has a has a suit permanently stapled to his body. I don't think he's he was, ever worn a pair of shorts before. I think he was born with one through evolution <laughs> of the Romney family. I think that's not birthday the, um, birthday suit was literal. Yes. Yeah, that, it's not the yeah. umbilical cord. That's his tie. <laughs> no, no, that's a tie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it says the uh, Shorts Act said men must wear a coat, tie, and slacks or other long pants on the Senate floor, and the Senate's. Sergeant-at-arms will enforce the dress code unless two-thirds of the chamber vote for a change. So, yeah, and again, if you hadn't heard, they relaxed it for John Fetterman. I know there's more official verbiage, but basically he got a case of the sads yeah. when he has to get dressed up. Yeah, he can't get dressed up. It's impossible. He's totally And that has nothing to do with the stroke that he had. Yeah. He's been dressing with hoodie and like basketball yeah, shorts for a long time well, because he could. Yeah, he he cosplays as a working class guy. I mean, he's a rich right. kid who lived off of his parents' dime until he was in his forties. But you know, he had the nine inch nails tattoo and he wore basketball shorts and hoodies everywhere. So he feels like that lets him identify with the working class more. And one of my favorite criticisms of him came from a writer in Pennsylvania who said. The thing that bothers me so much about John Fetterman's getup, and this was before he was a senator, before the stroke, before anything else, is that this guy seems to equate working class with trashy. Yeah. And those aren't the same thing. Yeah. That's a great point, actually. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you're, you're going to get a band tattoo, you might yeah. want to get one that stands the test of time, bro. Yeah. Well, you got to cover her. Uh, good idea. Yeah. Anyway. Nine John Fetterman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, made a good point. I know, you said David, and you agree with I, him on it, something. This is I think like, we all do. This is like getting dragged out of my mouth as I'm saying these words. But <clears throat> the first cucumber to ever serve in the United States Senate made a good point, uh, having to do with Chinese companies buying up a bunch of farmland in the United States. Okay. And let me say, I hope many of our colleagues agree the Chinese government and other U.S. adversaries should own zero, zero agricultural land in our country. I believe that. Okay. I mean, they're taking back our pandas. You know, we should take back all of their, their farmland. 
Wait, okay. Okay. Yeah. Kind I, of a I, sharp jumper there, wasn't yeah, it? The, uh, apparently at the, the, the zoo in D.C., there have been some pandas on loan from the Chinese government. And uh, it's part of, they, they call it this actually, panda diplomacy. Yeah. And there have been a couple of cubs born or something, and the Chinese government has taken them back, including the cubs. Okay. That were born in the United States. The Chinese government doesn't believe in anchor babies. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow equating that with buying up farmland, though. Yeah, I don't. Well, he goes for the joke, and it it doesn't work at this point. You know, he's got limitations, and he needs to recognize that. You know, one of the sad things that's just happened. Hmm. We have a guy that basically makes the point. We can't let a communist country come in and buy our property. That's something that's like a given. But in 2023, the fact that he actually said it, we're all sitting here saying we we agree with John Fetterman on something. Yeah. Communist countries, bad. <laughs> Unreal, dude. Yeah. But that's where we are. I mean, that should be a given, you would think. Mm-hmm. But uh, not so much so. All right, we got to move on. Other stuff to get to. I get him out now. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's, get him out of the Senate. He can't do the job. Again, here to help, not to hurt. All right, much more to get to, um, including, is CNN evil, what they do? Yes. Oh, get to that much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Is CNN evil? Scott, you said yes. Yeah, of course they are. Bill O'Reilly said this to Tucker Carlson. Do you remember Rupert Murdoch announced he was stepping down from Fox? Yep. So... Riley tells the story, CNN puts this montage together to make Fox News look racist. Like, just make them look bad. Yeah. And he's telling the story. CNN ran a montage. And the montage was designed to have their audience believe that Fox News is racist. Okay? Racist! Racist! You were in the montage. (laughs) I'm proud. Okay. So what they did was they took a bunch of clips, maybe 10 clips, And one of the clips was me saying that slaves were well-fed and had decent housing. (laughs) That's all they used. O'Reilly endorses slavery. (laughs) All they used. This is primetime CNN. It's all they, that's it. You know what that discussion was about? Michelle Obama gave a lecture saying that slaves built the White House. You remember covering this at the time? I do remember I do. that. Yeah, yeah okay. now, I, as soon as he says and that, it, yeah, I got a lot of controversy. Yeah. I went on to Factor, and this was in 2016, and said, she's right. Slaves were employed by the federal government. They were well housed. They were well fed because they had to work to build the White House free. Mm-hmm. They weren't paid a salary. So Michelle Obama is right. That's what I said. And these sons of bitches at CNN took that eight seconds where I said slaves were well-fed and housed out of that whole thing, put it on their air. How evil is that? Trying to have people who don't know, they don't remember what I said, think that I'm a proponent, as you just said, of slavery. How blanket evil is that? And you know what? Happens every single day in this country. I said it so many times. And yes, People don't know that they're being lied to every day. 
It's omission of a statement, something to make you believe something that's not true. Like the father of lies, Satan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the end. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, you know, I'm. T- there's so much going on. Where do you want to go? Do you want to talk about the Biden impeachment inquiry? Oh, yeah. There's a new Hearing piece of, going on. Yeah, a new piece of audio here. Uh, Democrats are just kind of throwing everything out there they possibly can. Okay. And, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a hubbub. One of the people uh, who was a witness is a guy named Jonathan Turley. We've talked about him on the show several times. A legal analyst, a legal expert, law professor. And... There was a lot of hay initially made over him saying something to the effect of the evidence right now does not justify articles of impeachment being drafted. He also went on to say the evidence right now absolutely justifies an impeachment inquiry. Big and difference so there. you've got all this. And, and so, you know, Democrats are going to try to make hay out of the first part of the statement and not tell you about the second part of the statement because, well, they're soulless cretins and that's what they do. Yeah. Um, See the fine people hoax as well with Trump on that part. Um, And then we get this gem from Maxwell Frost, a young Democrat from the state of Florida. All right. Roll it. This entire fake impeachment inquiry isn't about the United States. It's about Hunter Biden. And the only thing the president is can be guilty of here is being a father. Oh, here we go again. Okay. Hey, noob. <laughs> Go out there and parrot this line. Okay. Are you kidding me? He didn't even say good father. Is being a father. He's just a father, yeah. Okay. Who helped his son make millions of dollars, and he got a piece of it. Have you seen the bank records there, Junior? The LLCs? The emails? The texts? Have you seen any of it? What a bunch of hacks. These are just despicable people all the way around. My dad would have funneled millions of dollars to me. I would have called him a good dad, too. (laughs) (laughs) You're the best, Dad. Okay, yeah, because one of the statements earlier was something to the effect of, there could be a government shutdown in a few days. We, We don't have time to have these hearings. Yeah, right. Forgetting about what was going on. When they had the hearings about Trump. Yeah. uh, And that first impeachment process, if you remember, he was trying to figure out corruption between Biden and Ukraine. Right. Which turned out to be true. Yeah. Y'all impeached him for asking about Joe Biden's corruption, Democrats. And uh, while that was going on, you want to talk about a government shutdown. uh, You know what was happening at the time? uh, Well, the beginnings of a global pandemic. Yes. I on the ball, that. always. Well, you don't have a media that's going to call that to attention either, so just part of the way it goes. Then you have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out there. Yeah, she posted a video of herself grilling a New York state official about the desperate need for someone to do something about the border crisis. In the video, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is talking to State Representative Jamie Williams, whose district is overwhelmed by the number of people who have shown up in New York. And now Williams is a Democrat. But Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez bizarrely made this about Republicans not having a plan. All right, roll it. I didn't hear in uh, your testimony the alternative sites you've advocated for. Could you remind me of which those are? Well, <laughs> in the conversation, as we know, as we I'm heard- sorry, I only have 18 seconds. Which are the sites that you propose as an alternative? I don't have a proposal. So you don't have sign. a proposal alternative? No proposed alternative. No solutions here. No ideas here. And all I'm hearing right now is that we're not being met in the middle. No support, no path to citizenship, no identified alternatives, just grievances. We need to get it together. No, you need to get them out. Yeah. No more. Okay, that's so maddening. You don't have another plan. This is what you wanted, open borders. You have no solution other than to say, well, it's really not that bad. As you have people to show up and protest, and you just keep with your talking points over and over and over. Well, it could have been turned around easily. What do you have in mind, AOC? Yeah, well, yeah, all of her so-called solutions, along with many other Democrats, is basically just incentivize more people to come in. And that's what, when she says pathway to citizenship and all of Mm -hmm. that, what do you think the end result of that is? Well, she yeah. has no idea how to pay for it. You just print more money. You right. can solve fantasy and where is her. Where is everybody going to go? Where is everybody going to live? Oh, yeah. What are we doing? Well, this is the same person that you know how to fix crime. Stop building jails. Then right. you won't have people in jail. If we want to reduce the number of people in our jails, the answer is to stop building more of them. Right. Hmm. Sure, that makes great sense. All right, all right, listen, all right, listen, She's not a serious listen, person. Okay, listen. Oh, my goodness. The way you stop Walmarts from being looted is stop building Walmart. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, real quick, I mean, there's a number of different stories out there. I saw one, uh, which CNN's covering it, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. Um, This was Town Hall. It's these major retailers announcing hundreds of new store closures due to mounting crime in cities. It's really something. Really is. A bunch of CVSs are closing, too. as you've said before, David, it's not just that they're getting ripped off. They can't protect their employees. No, and, and yeah, I mean, there's they, there was a story about one of these locations where it was, I mean, like hundreds of calls to 911 in the course of a month. And, you know, the employees can't do anything, and I'm not saying they should. I mean, if you're making 15 oh, yeah. bucks an hour and you you got a guy and you don't know if he's armed, you don't know if he's got a gun, a knife, whatever, you know he's kind of nuts, and he's ripping off the Maybelline stuff. Are you really willing to put your life on the line for that? No, and I don't think you should be expected to. But there are people who do sign up for jobs that are inherently risky, and they're called police officers. And unfortunately, in a lot of these cities, uh, different uh, mayors and city council members have decided that police officers are bad and shouldn't be allowed to do their jobs. Oh, yeah. We don't want no more police. Is that clear? Crystal. And then it's and then it's just the death spiral continues. I mean, it it is so heartbreaking seeing what's happened to these cities. I mean, whether well, you have all of these Soros backed DAs, they won't prosecute. The story out of the Wall Street Journal about all the retail crime talks about Philly, where you know I think you saw the video Mm -hmm. of the coordinated 
effort. I mean, it was Lululemon and Apple and Foot Locker and then other areas of Philadelphia just smash and grab all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So they go into the stats. Larry Krasner, that DA, Soros backed. His office reports 424 retail theft charges so far in 2023. Okay? That's compared to more than 1,500 by the same date in 2017, the year before he took his office. You're like, wait a second, crime's way up. They just don't recognize it. Yeah. Reports of retail theft in Philly have increased. Well, this is 30% in a year. So right now it's at 13,330. But the DA's office reports 424. Well, and it's a crime what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've seen that elsewhere as well. I mean, that's the same thing in San Francisco where they stopped yep. prosecuting for theft under 900 bucks or whatever it was. Um, and all it does is make the stat sheet look a little bit better because, well, it's not a crime anymore. We're not going to prosecute this in most cases if you do it. And then, you know, employees, managers, owners of businesses get the message that nobody's coming to help them. Nothing's ever going to happen. So they stop calling the cops. And then these wacko liberal DAs go out there and then tell you, based on this spreadsheet, everything's okay. Ignore what you're seeing every single day. We just changed the verbiage on how we keep track of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So what used to be retail theft, we just don't count it anymore. Right. Unreal. Yeah, by the way, yeah, they mentioned Portland in the story and Seattle and San Francisco, as you would imagine. Meanwhile, completely different topic. This was in the Wall Street Journal. This was written by Carl Rove, the architect. Okay. It says Matt Gates and the House Chaos Caucus. And what Carl Rove is saying is all of these Republicans that are holding up a deal to budget the government, this government shutdown that could happen, this is bad news because it's going to hurt Republicans in the polls. The, the entire piece is all about these holdout Republicans they're all doing it because they're selfish. They're looking to na- make a name for themselves, egotistical, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he's a get-along Republican. And Speaker Kevin McCarthy's fundraising entities, it hurts that, says Carl Rove. Okay. Okay. You have a chance to actually say, we're not funding this until you close the border, secure the border, or we have no deal. They have the leverage, it would seem. But not to somebody like Karl Rove, establishment. Oh, that guy. Proven conservative record. Go home, old man. The architect. You and your stupid little ride on board, whatever it is, are out of gas. Oh, it drives you crazy. I, I, you know, I can't get to the remote. Great deal of respect for Carl yeah, for all he's done. Shut up! I don't. I don't. I can't get to the remote anything. fast enough when he's on TV. I can't. Oh, so I, I, I can't listen to this guy. He yeah, is. Here's he is, fresh he is the problem. Or a part of the problem, Absolutely. anyway. A big part of the problem. Fox is still going to put them on? Doesn't they know, love that crap. Yeah, no. yeah, it's disgusting. All right, David, you had a clip of somebody talking about wearing black socks with short pants. I, I think this is a, a palate cleanser here. Representative Tim Burchett, a Republican from Tennessee, yes, just bodied a reporter outside who was asking <laughs> about the potential for a government shutdown, and I love this. Okay. Representative, do you support Trump's call to shut down the government? He has not called me, and I do not, I do not support you wearing black socks and short pants. Walks away. 
Guy's got like short, you know, khakis on, and then he's got I don't know a non-slip black shoes on, and the black socks coming up high. And the guy, and the, the guy just looks stunned. Like uh, I, I don't, I. Uh, er. <laughs> that is, I like that. Thank you for bringing that in. Today. You've just yeah. been burchetted. Yes, <laughs> I like that. Put that guy on Carl Rove, would you? There you go. <laughs> Well, it says here on my board that no one should wear black socks. <laughs> yeah, here's Bad Take Theater again right. with Carl Rove, <laughs> Ratings Bonanza. Jeez, what a joke. News update straight ahead. All right. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know what clip I really want to get to from the debate last night? What's that? There isn't one. No, oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Had me going for just a second. Did you fall for that? Yeah. Oh, ooh, did we get something new? What a debacle. New? What oh, a yeah. waste of time. It was. And Fox, that's embarrassing. Really is. It really was. For that network. Yeah, terrible. Our partners, Univision. We haven't what? even talked about the last question. What is the last question? Survivor. Oh, yes. How dumb was that? <laughs> Who needs to be voted off the, the island? Yeah, write down on your card and then hold them up like Survivor. <laughs> Chris. <laughs> Chris, you have three votes. Ooh. It, ridiculous. Yeah. I, I'm glad DeSantis was the first up to go, well, I'm not doing this. Yes. It's stupid. It it's a good moment for you. Yeah. Uh, David, this is a very troubling story. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, Scott Ziegler, you may know the name or be familiar with it, sort of. Um, he's the former superintendent for Loudoun County, Virginia schools. Uh, he wound up uh, getting sent away because he covered up sexual assaults in the name of trans rights. Remember that yes. there was a, there was a yes, boy who was identifying as a girl, and he sexually assaulted at least two girls, and the school district covered it up. And in fact, they had the dad of one of the girls, one of the victims, arrested because he dared speak up at a school board meeting. It was incredible, mind blowing. Well, he's also accused of covering up another sexual assault case. This one against a teacher who became a whistleblower after these the other allegations came to light. The allegation is that he fired this teacher for blowing the whistle on abuse that she had faced. Her name is Erin Brooks. There was a 10-year-old autistic student in her class who would grab her genitals dozens of times a day while making, quote, sexual motions with his tongue. Yeah, just grab her. Holy smokes. And so it became a problem. Now, this is a woman who was, like, Special Education Teacher of the Year in 2021, I think, or 2021-2022. When she told her bosses, when they finally responded, they said, hey, use a piece of cardboard. Hold that up in front of your groin. Then they offered to buy her an apron to, quote, I'm quoting here, slow down the penetration. You read that, and you're Uh, thinking, you have to be joking me. Yeah. Now... Ziegler's attorney, the the former superintendent's attorney, and the principal of that elementary school blamed Brooks. Uh, They said as far as they knew, the student did the same to his new teacher, and the teacher, well, failed to implement their suggestions, like the apron. Didn't even try the apron. The principal said, quote, I would have expected her to be professional enough to work with this student. And then Ziegler, okay, no, some students don't deserve the right to be in absolutely there. Absolutely not. If you can't control yourself right. to that degree, yeah. they got to go. Well, 
Ziegler's attorney also said that the teacher was responsible because she wouldn't give the autistic student an iPad. She displayed rigid, uh, rigidity in responding to the needs of a student, resulting in the student being removed from the classroom. Oh, okay. So wow. let the terrorist win. But we got to feel bad for him because he's autistic. Sorry. You just don't get to make demands or I'm going to grab somebody by the crotch. Well, and the, and the teacher has also said, like, obviously the kid has special needs, and we think he was being abused at home, and the district wasn't interested in hearing any of that or looking into any of that. But they got to protect the teacher. Of course. Of course. Now, they they say they fired her not in retaliation, but it kind of amounts to the same thing, to me at least. They say it was because uh, because she blew the whistle, because she told somebody about it, she set them up for a lawsuit from the student's parents. Oh. And so, well, you put us at risk here. To me, it's like, well, you just admitted you retaliated against her then. Pretty I, much. I don't, I don't really understand. the. I mean, is, 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 that's a distinction without a difference. I don't understand it. It's like, well, we just have to do whatever. And if you got to just put cardboard in front of you, that's what—that's the best solution that we have here. What do you got to do to get booted? Dude, you got cardboard in front of you. I mean, she's not a double wide with a hole in the side. I mean, come on. I know. No, it's, you know, for them it doesn't matter. We can't have the bad look of expelling the student because of their needs. My goodness, man. Absolute insanity. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, if there is one big story today, I know there's a few. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's the GOP debate that happened last night, of course. Uh, uh, people still talking about that a little bit. There's the impeachment inquiry hearing happening in the House of Representatives today. And, man, still, the biggest story to me is what's happening at the border, the outright invasion that's happening um, for the second time in a week. More than 11,000 total migrant encounters at the southwest border. Yep. And what happens next is a great question. What happens next is what's happening in San Diego right now. Mm -hmm. People are just getting let out on the streets with nowhere to go. Yep. Yep. Get that update. And the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, we're getting uh, new numbers from the border now. Uh, This week, uh, I'm sorry, in five days, the past five days, you're talking about 50,000 migrant encounters at the border. Okay. 25,000 of them in custody this morning. Gosh. Okay. Where'd the rest go, David? Oh, that's a good question, Scott. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad you asked. I don't know. <laughs> Into the ether. Nobody yep. seems to know. But the House Republicans that are holding up the budget that could cause a government shutdown, they're to blame when they're saying, you have to secure the border before we can do anything else. They're the bad people. Yeah. That's what we're told. Give me a break. And I just saw this today, too. Thousands of migrants, illegal migrants being dropped off on San Diego streets. The local officials there are declaring a humanitarian crisis. Yeah. As the shelters reach capacity and people are on the street, they don't know where to go. And it's interesting the way it reads because 
in a way, they're talking about how unfair it is because these people, you know, get across the border and then there's nowhere for them to go. And they're just left to fend for themselves. I don't know. Was it in the vacation brochure that you get a nice place to stay? I know that's what we've basically told the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just the way it reads, you're scratching, Mm -hmm. you're knocking, going, well, my goodness, you're coming here illegally. Do you get that concept? Apparently not. No, they've been no. told different, I'm sure. No, because, well, what what have they been told? They've been told right. that they'd be taken care of. And so, I, I mean, again, I think a lot of the people who have been coming across have been victimized many times over. That doesn't mean that we need to accommodate further victimization of them. I mean, it, you have to send a message that if you show up here uh, unannounced and you try to get into this country, you're going to be sent back to where you came from. and And that's kind of it. End of story. I mean, even even Obama understood that after the unaccompanied migrant crisis, where you had to start making a little bit of an example. I mean, I'm not going to say he was the hardliner on the border. Of course, he wasn't. I mean, but but at the same time, I mean, when they did ramp up deportations, it was because they realized we've got a problem here and it's only going to get worse if we don't start actually putting people on airplanes and sending them back somewhere else. Yeah, man. It's not sustainable. And again, can you think of anything in your life in your lifetime that we've seen that really doesn't make a whole lot of big news, but is something that is absolutely changing the country forever? Mm-hmm. And at least half the country has no idea the scale of which this is happening. All right, no, I agree. Wow. You know, there was one other clip I was going to play from the conversation between Tucker Carlson and Bill O'Reilly that ran last night. And O'Reilly was talking about how Biden's diminished. There are other people running it. You got all these DAs backed by George Soros, and we are really in this age of disorder, unlike we've ever seen before. Hundreds of millions of dollars into the progressive cause, and they finally got their guy. Everybody thought Obama, Obama, Obama. Obama didn't go that far. No. Biden? age of disorder black lives matter no police nobody's punished for crimes tax people up to here so they don't have any assets the more money you take from people the less power they have and the progressives want to run everything including telling your children what to think when they're five years old and most americans don't get it because the press is working with the progressive movement and suppresses all this so they don't know that we're in the age of disorder. And we are everywhere from Seattle to Key West. Everywhere. Yeah. And he went on to talk about the open borders and how it's destroying cities. Not to mention, I mean, I think it's almost a far gone conclusion, David, that there are plenty of towns in Texas that have been basically demolished. Yeah. I mean, it's... Um... I mean, it's it is all out chaos when you even have uh, Democrats in El Paso saying, hey, you know, when is when is the federal government going to step up and do something? And they've been saying that for a couple of years and it's up and down the border. It's not even saying it. I mean, it's saying, okay, we're also going to take buses of illegal immigrants and ship them to Chicago and New York, D.C. That's a Democratic mayor. Yeah, it was El Paso. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you going to do? Mm-hmm. It, 
absolute insanity. Okay. Any other updates before the trifecta? Uh, no, I'm good. I'm set. Good? I mean, it's just, you know, some days like this are frustrating with the different news that's coming out. Oh, God. Are you going to make it more frustrating? Are you okay? Uh, well, let me look. Okay. Me, no, I think we'll have more fun with this. Okay. okay. All right. Let's do it. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins trifecta. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. Oh, finally. There you are. Hey, I, again, last night, nobody came to my house. You didn't either to watch the debate. I invited you, but nope, never again. Done. I think taking his number off my speed dial. Believe me, I didn't want to go. I know, and you didn't show. I can't, I can't believe him. I can't blame him for that. No, but yeah. I, I I'm ready. fun stuff and he doesn't show up for. Nothing. I'm ready. Okay. Three. Baseball tonight, okay? <laughs> uh, uh, John Fetterman. Uh, this is the Democrat senator from yeah. uh, from VeggieTales. Um, he tried to pull a prank. God, this guy. What prank? Can, can we stop? This was one of those herder moments. Um, Fetterman. I don't know what's going on rolling around in his brain. I don't know why he does what he does, but he does it. He thought that he was going to dunk on the Republicans. He was going to push back against the indoctrination of children by adults pushing gender-affirming care, I guess, but... He also knew there would be an impeachment inquiry opening today, and he decided it would be really, really funny. He directed his staff and himself, by the way, to deliver gifts to congratulate and salute Representative Comer and his Team America squad as they embark on their historic impeachment journey. So what he did was he took two cases of Bud Light and delivered them to the front of the office of Mr. Comer. He showed them, by golly. Good one, Bigfoot's drunk cousin. Way to go. I'm guessing he's probably down with teaching kids whatever. This guy. Just from the family dynamic. He doesn't know. He can't quite keep the wife satisfied, am I? Did you hear that correctly? Oh, well, no. I mean, she brags about being bisexual. And, I mean, the rest of the country doesn't care. Like, whatever. No. But I'm surprised it, he didn't take like a bag of common or light it on fire and knock on the door. I'm just thinking to myself as a dude, your wife is saying, yeah, I'm going to head out tonight. I think you know where I'm mm-hmm. going. And you're just sitting there, you know, by yourself playing five on one and thinking about what is she doing? That's got to be demoralizing. Well, if your wife leaves you for another woman, do you hold the door for both of them? <laughs> Say it again. Oh, I mean, she is the same piece of work that when he checked himself into the hospital because he was suicidal, she took the kids to Niagara Falls. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Husband yeah. and niece is a husband. Person. She don't need to know. <laughs> Got that right. Yeah, he's in the suicide unit of the mental hospital. And right. Let's get the hell out of here, kids. She was inconvenienced. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Let's go and ride the, the Ferris continues. wheel. All right. All right. Countdown continues. Scott Robbins, trifecta, up to number two. Uh, country music star Morgan Wallen is having the last laugh after kinda, yeah. the cancellation attempt a few years ago. I kind of like this story. Uh and it starts with slowly Morgan Wall's career has come back to where it is now. The cancellations have slowed. Country music has stopped banning his music. Remember, everybody pulling all his music from the airwaves. Hold, hold on a second. Because I, just for clarification's sake, 
It never really hurt him that bad, did it? Well, there were initially. I think it did. Well, like in the first two to three weeks. I see. Here, here's how it worked. Okay, you you had a situation where a bunch of bedwetting program directors and country music radio, and then a bunch of cowardly music festival uh, uh, promoters promoters uh, decided to man down and canceled shows. But because far- he was drunk and said to another white guy the N word. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The- and and so they said we can't do that. We got Yeah. But the people spoke and decided, okay, he was being drunk. He's an idiot. No, we don't like what he did, but we still like his music, and we think this is terrible to have all of these, you know, libs showing their true colors about uh, their audiences. Just yeah. that, yeah, who've never I mean, bought one I, CD of his or record or download or whatever. I mean, yeah, and, and concert promoters who who canceled him. I mean, yeah, you showed that you hate the audience. Well, in our city, and, Jamie, but yeah. big cancellation, but. The downloads, though, and people buying his records, that went up pretty quickly because oh, people yeah. recognized how much BS it was. Well, now he can't find large enough arenas to contain his fan base, so he's settling for <laughs> stadiums. Billboard.com reporting this morning he added 10 new stadium gigs to his already sold-out 2024 tour schedule. Yeah, and I th- I think the thing is the difference is this guy went. Yeah, I said it. I'm sorry, I said it. I was drunk. I was Shouldn't nuts. Have, yeah, I'm a, I'm a nut, and I, I'm not going to do this again. And I'm going to make sure I don't do it again. He fessed up right away. Didn't dodge it. Didn't try to go. Well, you know, I didn't really say that or whatever. He said it. I said it. I shouldn't have said it. Move on. Well, and people, I guess, were supposed to believe that somehow a word that's used in who knows how many songs, right? And used by so many people, but when it comes out of the mouth of a guy w- that's white with a mullet, oh my gosh, you need to go to your cry closet. Give me a freaking break. Remember, man. the Washington Post wanted to cancel country music entirely. Really? Yeah, they called you know, for like just the evaporation of the whole format. <laughs> just <you know>. Gone. <laughs> I'm not that big a country music guy, but it makes me want to be. I know, exactly. Man. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Now, number one. A number one, a British pilot decided to be Hunter Biden for a day. Well, British Airways pilot Mike Beaton loves to party, boy. Uh, the British tabloids had the story first. It was Beaton, who is a <clears throat> married father of one, who bragged to his stewardess via text messages he'd been snorting cocaine off the breasts of a topless woman. And was very, very naughty, his words not mine, with two women and a couple of dudes. He was in Johannesburg, South Africa. It was right before he flew a packed plane to the U.K. Now the tabloids are all in on this guy and his behavior. And apparently he has lost his job and may or may not get another job ever again flying airplanes. He will get plenty more time to blow coke off the breast of strippers though Mm. yeah well i'll admit something to you oh boy part of that story raised a lot of questions but i don't want to ask any of them there you have it and that was that was in south africa yeah johannesburg i'm not i'm not saying like that it's appropriate to do that anywhere in the world but in a place that has an hiv rate at like 18 percent yeah, I that's that's like bad idea on top of bad idea. Well, maybe he stopped with just the blowing the coke off the you know who knows. 
Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, and that's the Scott Robinson. Casey, I would never invite you to a party like that. I just want you to know, because I'm not having them, okay? Thank you. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> Poor guy. He'd All be right. over in the corner with a bathrobe on. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott Robinson, trifecta. Thank you, Scott. Another news update. And <laughs> Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead right here. Goodbye. The smoker of, all right, the yeah. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Yeah, we got this House impeachment inquiry hearing going on today, and it's bad dinner theater all over the place. Uh, Jasmine Crockett, a Democrat out of Texas. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> uh, just kind of went off the rails here. Um, and she said, why are we doing this when Donald Trump here we go. had classified documents? He's already under federal indictment. What do you want the House of Representatives to do? I, that's what I don't understand. But anyway, forget it. She's rolling. When we start talking about things that look like evidence, they want to act like they blind. They don't know what this is. These are our national secrets. Looks like in the to me. This looks like more evidence of our national secrets, say, on a stage at Mar-a-Lago. And I could go on because he's got 91 counts pending right now. But I will tell you what the president has been guilty of. He has unfortunately been guilty of loving his child unconditionally, and that is the only evidence that they have brought forward. And honestly, I hope and pray that my parents love me half as much as he loves his child. Until they find some evidence, we need to get back to the people's work, which means keeping this government open so that people don't go hungry in the streets of the United States, and I oh my will yield. <laughs> what does yeah. this have to do with anything that's currently going on? Anything. I, besides the whole Joe loves his kid stuff. Maybe your parents will love you as much if you start smoking crack with hookers. Well, I... <laughs> Maybe. I hope my parents love me. I wish my parents loved me half as much, too, because then I'd be a millionaire. Well, Jeez. if he loves his kid that much, he wouldn't have charged him 50%. That's true, yeah. Man, the Trump thing. She's though, got to get back to what's important. Just... Getting her nails redone because I think she chipped one <laughs> when she was going all crazy there. Like, I want to calm down. It's probably right. part of the budget that's not, ready. Hasn't been passed. Nimrod's yet. time rolling. When the going gets tough. Damn it! This is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley Van Camp and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. You know, there's been a lot of stealing in Philly. Well, someone stole, someone stole a shop back in Philly from the bed of a pickup truck. This was last Thursday. wasn't part of the smash and grab this week. Oh. Uh, they say the real story though is what's inside the vacuum. Uh-oh. Get to that in a second. Truck uh, happens to belong to a guy named Don Shump. He owns a pest control business called Philadelphia Bee Company. Uh he was dr- trying to let people know there's hundreds of angry hornets in that thing. Uh-oh. Okay, so if you stole it, know what you're dealing with. To the poor soul who lifted the shop back out of my truck, heads up. Not just a bunch of hornets, there's a ton of queens in it. They're very angry getting jostled around, so beware. <laughs> wow. And then in Washington, <laughs> State Trooper posted a pic of someone caught using the carpool lane with a Halloween mask strapped to the passenger seat. <laughs> <laughs> they tried I love year. those. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's in the news.